Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. When Rebecca Danagelis, a British immigrant living in Boston, is fired from her job as a hotel housekeeper at the age of 75, she is financially and emotionally devastated. Her adult son, Sean Pierre, is living in New York City, trying to work his way into the competitive world of TV journalism. With his mother's reality crashing down, Sean Pierre resolves to leave New York and the life he expected to lead to help his mother get back up on her feet. And I'll leave it there because there's so much here in this film, this documentary film called Duty Free. It's uh, opening here at the Doc NYC 2020. A world premiere, I believe, and uh, we're joined today by the director, producer, and occasional camera person on this film, and that would be Sean Pierre Regis. Sean Pierre, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yes, blast. well, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, this is a film that I uh, is so such a heartwarming film, and it's one that uh, anyone who who cares about their mother, who cares about the relationship you have with your mother through all the stages of your life, but particularly as we get older. This is going to be a film that resonates deeply with them. And uh, and just it's just a it's a wonderful story. So tell me a little bit about what prompted you in the midst of all of this to begin filming this 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 part of your lives. Yeah, well, I was working in TV and I also had my own website called Swagger and um, you know, really wanted to be a TV film, a TV person, a TV personality, if you will. Um, and was really sort of on that road working at, you know, HLN and CNN and MTV. Um, but there was a deep feeling within me that I wanted to tell a story and own a story that I knew all aspects to it. You know, often in TV journalism, you're sort of, you have a two minute clip and it's breaking news. And, you know, you do your best at um, trying to tell the 360 of the story. But, but when my mom called me and told me that she, you know, lost her job, the, my immediate reaction was to pick up a camera and start shooting. And I didn't know where the story would lead. I didn't know what format it would be. Would it be a film or episodic or what? Um, but as we, I presented the bucket list idea to her and we started going on this journey. And then as I sat with her through trying to you know, get back on her feet from finding a job to finding money anywhere, it really became such a big story. And it was something that I wanted to devote my entire life to my, every day. Um, and so I raised the money necessary by Kickstarter, you know, with different donors here and there. Um, and it all sort of came together, cobbled together over four and a half years. Is that the period of time was four and a half years? My goodness. Wow. First frame to it premiering at Doc NYC. Yeah. Uh, well, and these are the things that happen in life, the unexpected, and it's how you react to them, right? You're not expecting a, a call from your mom telling you that she's lost her job. And, you know, th this, this is something very understandable in terms of just the reality of the world we live in and that ageism is alive and well. And the fact that she, it wasn't a matter of sh if she could do her job anymore, it was something else, right? I mean, that's that's really what it came down to, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's, that part is, it's probably the most emotional because, you know, we grew up in the building from which she was fired. And so not only did she lose her job, but she was also given a timeline to move out. And so for me, you know, to look at the job record and all of that, which obviously I, I asked for, and to see that she had been written up for her tone, essentially, it killed me inside because after years and years is not a good enough reason. But the fact is, employers are oftentimes looking for anything to get people out. And unfortunately, oftentimes older people, you know, whether it's their lack of technical skills for which they're given no training to just people feeling like they aren't able to produce. Uh, And so I was pissed. And then to see so many stories like hers flooding in, as you see in the movie, it just emboldened me even more to be able to go and tell this story and, um, and hopefully have it identify uh, with, you know, well now what some 12 million people who maybe weren't fired for being too old, but are now unemployed at for no real fault of their own. Well, and also there's another sort of economic, social, um, almost political element to all of this. And that is for years, the market, the job market has almost shut out the young who've been graduating from school with virtually no opportunity to go into the field that they were studying in in school. There's been a lot of economic pressure in the job market, a lack of uh, the the uh, the wages going up and keeping up with the, the cost of living. There's just a tremendous amount of turmoil in the job market. But that's for another time and another discussion. What was particularly uh, devastating about this circumstance, as you touched on it, she grew up in that building, essentially, right? I mean, essentially, it was the old YMCA building, YWCA building, right, in New York? Yeah, it's a really, it's a historic YWCA building in Boston, actually. Oh, I'm sorry, um, in Boston. Yeah, in Boston, and, um, she raised us there. So, uh, you know, that's why if it was more than just a job, right? I mean, this was like her community, her life. She walked into the same doors of the building for 40 years, um, and so when she was fired and they gave her two weeks pay and some time in her apartment, it was devastating to me. I mean, like it went into her, I mean, and it was a slap in the face. I just felt like they thought we were going to go quietly. Um, and they didn't realize, I guess, or didn't do their research enough to know that, that my mom's son wasn't going to go down without a fight. There's that part of the story. And your mom, Rebecca is she has um, a lot of resiliency. She seems to be a very feisty person. She uh, sharp as attack. You know, there's nothing wrong with her, so that she couldn't be doing what she loved. She loved doing it as well. So uh, it's it's hard to watch. But you, you come, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you come into the story, into her life, and back into her life in a way. You've always it sounds like you've always been close. But this bucket list idea, uh, what, where did that come from? What was that inspiration? You know, it was impossible. My mom, you know, when she was hired, she was also 75. And I felt like that was such a big year for her, you know, to be 75 years old. Like that is such a big year. And for it to go down like this, I just couldn't let it happen on my watch, you know. And so I thought <clears throat> we could have a party we could, you know, what is going to make her, what is going to lift her up? Because that's what she needed so desperately. And just one day I thought like, what if she just like did a 
like made out a list of things that she wanted to do um, and never got to. Um, and I proposed it to her and she thought it was the craziest and silliest idea ever, um, wasn't too interested. And then with some nudging, you know, once she wrote it out, I thought like, these seem so great. Like we have to, we have to complete all of these. I mean, they're so, they're so quirky. I mean, some of them are so bizarre, but also so sweet. And then some of them are really heavy and, um, you know, just deep. Um, and I thought like, we just have to reclaim your life through these, um, these items. In the course of what happened to her losing her job, she applies for job. We see her applying for, to go back to work. <clears throat> but in the sort of the psychology of her in this point in her life do you think sort of becoming unmoored from what she had known for so long that it allowed her with your encouragement to kind of think outside of her her world is that i think you have to take a lot of credit or some credit anyway for the way that she finally did embrace uh what you proposed right i think for her you know because we were so close she trusted me and you you know, my mom, after losing her job, as I said before, lost her community. And so uh, there were very few people that she was deeply tied to in any real way. And I think it was just kind of like, well, what else am I doing? You know, I might as well try this out. And as she goes through it, you know, I think she reali really realizes sort of what she missed while she was behind a hotel curtain. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Jean-Pierre Regis, and he is the director and producer of this wonderful documentary film called Duty Free. It is a screening at, uh, I, I did say world premiere, is that correct? Um, yeah, yeah, world premiere at DocNYC, and uh, available, by the way, you can go to DocNYC.net. You can check out all of the films that are there. It's an amazing array of documentary films, including short-form documentaries and long form features. And uh, this is one where it's just, a, it's a, it's a feel good. I hate to use that word. I don't know if I want to use that I word. Like that. But it's a feel, it is a feel good documentary for sure, but it's great to see your mom open up. And it's great to see how you, the two of you become buddies and over the course of this film. And I, you know, I mean, it just feels like you're sort of, you know, there's, there are things that you're talking about that you might not have talked to her about two or three years before all of this started, right? Forever, you know, I don't think that I think as things came to light along the adventure, just as it made me want to ask more to go deeper to push a little bit harder, um, because this was my moment to really get to know my mom. Uh, this was really my moment. And I wasn't, you know, as a, a, a journalist and somebody who knows or loves to ask questions, I wasn't going to let it pass me by. That is something that I, I have said to friends in the past when when my mom was dealing with illness these are important things in in the lives of the their children and that is to see their parents as someone other than their parents to see them if they met them on the street how would they react to them how would they feel about them and i think that's an important step on both sides of the equation i think it's important for for a parent to be able to look at their children and say they're fully formed people. These are people who are living a life. And it's important for us to look at them and say, here are they are in the best and the worst of times. And this is what they are. And I love them for that. Right. I mean, isn't that? 
inevitably I'm going to lose my mom, right? I mean, that is a fact of life and a rite of passage. And I didn't want to ever feel like, gosh, they were, I wish I had asked her this yeah. or I wish I had done this with her. I mean, because I know that, you know, her memory will last within me forever. And so this, you know, job firing and what happened in her life really gave me an opportunity that I have to be thankful for for the rest of my life. Not to mention that I can watch all the, you know, cuts of the film and all the uh, cutting room floor stuff uh, forever and ever. Um, it, it is the greatest gift. Well, it, there's a lot in here. We, we, I don't know how much of the bucket list you want to go into, but there are a couple of things that uh, were very, very cool. Uh, the reunion with her family in England, reunion with one of her daughters. Reun there's just a lot of things in here. What a wonderful person she is and she, how she she's maintained her spirit throughout all of this. Totally. Uh, I mean, you know, for me, uh, in starting this film, I thought it was a way to channel my anger um, at the organization that fired her. But, you know, as we went on the journey and as the film came together, that's such a small portion of the film. The film is one that is so much so about family yeah. um, and you know the ties that we have with family and the bonds that we have with family and so you know between my brother and my mom's um, daughter who is my sister um, and her my mom's relationship with her sister whose grave we go to visit um, it just becomes about community um, yeah. and that when nobody else is there you have your family ideally yeah. Yeah. Um, this is such a great gift to her as well. I, I, I'm very curious, uh, her reaction to, to the film. She liked or loved it, um, I think. Uh, she's watched it, obviously. I didn't let her watch. I basically was like, hey, we're almost done. So you can watch it um, I, with the promise that you're not going to tell me to take anything out unless you feel hurt by it. She watched it and she liked it and loved it. And then she's probably watched it for the fourth time uh, just at the world premiere at Doc NYC um, virtually like, and she's still beaming. So I think she likes the moment. I like, think she likes the attention. I think she likes, she likes feeling visible at now 79 years old. And I think she also likes interacting with everybody who's been writing in saying either they went through a similar thing or wish they could or miss their mom, you know, it really gives her a sense, like I said before, of community. To all of us in the world who feel that uh, our relationship with our moms were the foundation of who we are in many, many ways, um, this is a film that'll resonate. As I said, it'll, it's a film that'll resonate with, with those people and beyond. Thank you. Thank you so very much for the film. The film, again, is duty-free, and we've been talking with the director and producer, Sean Pierre Regis. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music